Schofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, here we go. Four o'clock hour. Adam Hill is in. He's the company. It's Steve Cofield. Ari's here as well in our Finley Toyota studios. We welcome in Reno, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas, where we start off this hour with the uh, big four. So let's do it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the big four at four. Number four. Has anyone else stolen my thing? My new thing? What's your thing? My thing is... There's no more ejections in baseball. Why, why we accepted this as a part of the game for 100 years is beyond me. It's stupid. We had Dean Blandino on, who you know is in charge of the XFL refs, is part of the broadcast on Fox, officiating expert. And I ran it by him, and he he like he didn't he didn't say it outright, but like why do baseball umpires get the ring guys up for nothing? For nothing. Can you imagine just Belichick, a curse under his breath? You're out of here. Like people would. Flip their freaking lids. So, yeah, even the NBA, where they're like they're hypersensitive, like double two techs is a big freaking deal to toss a player or a coach is a gigantic deal. When do coaches and players get tossed in the NHL? They have to rip someone's head off. Soccer can just do it with a red card. It's pretty hardcore though. How many red cards get pulled? Not many. It's a big deal. Not many. It's a, You can be pretty vicious on the pitch. <laughs> sure. Meanwhile, baseball, two weeks ago, Manny Machado to the umpire. You're a douchebag. You're out! Like, wait, what? What? And this bullcrap sifts down to the college ranks. There's a game over the weekend. Florida baseball is playing. Pitcher ends the inning and does, like, a couple of flexes. Just, you know, not like... Not like flexing it out like a bodybuilder, but just like, yeah, yeah. Couple of flexes. Ump walks right right you know, right toward him. Out. Like, what? This is absurd. They have a lot the of two two pitch with two outs, and he got him. Harbor goes down to a knee, and Neely is pumped, and they just threw Neely out of the game. Wow! 21 here this afternoon. <laughs> I love that. So stupid. Come on. Florida, Georgia, pitcher gets pumped, ending the inning, and gets thrown out. You're not insulted by this? I do feel like, like What's you- the awakening here where it's like, can we stop with this, please? I feel like you would do it. As an umpire? I feel like if you were an umpire, you'd just yeah, be Yeah, I'm, umpi- I'm not an umpire. <laughs> that's why I'm, but, I, right. but I'm also not qualified to be an umpire. I'm an idiot. Well, These are supposed to be robots. That is- there is no emotion, and... When someone is celebrating, we were going to take all the emotion out of college baseball. A guy gets pumped because he finishes an inning, and you throw him out. And then I loved what happened next because a Florida player then hit a granny and walked around, ran around the bases, but came home and did not move his arms and just stared straight ahead and ran right into the dugout. It's perfect. And I'm surprised he wasn't tossed. No celebration. Show show me up. (laughs) This is so dumb, man. I'm I'm done with it. I'm done with it. So yeah, this is my this is my movement. It, it won't. It really. No is. one else is going to jump on board. But stop throwing players and managers out of games for nothing. It really is your movement because I just like so few people care. I think about this, about this. This is me off of like. Especially <laughs> I didn't now. I didn't gamble on this, but like games you bet on. We already got. We're already dealing with a lot now in terms of adjustments with the pitch clock and the batter readiness. And now you've given the umpires 
more leeway to toss people out and more leeway to subjectively alter the game? Wait till you see even more of that. Even more of the pitch clock ejections and uh, you know stalling and things like that. It's going to happen more and more. You're going to love it. Number three. This is one of the worst tweets I've seen. Like, complete lack of self-awareness. Anthony Bass, a pitcher with the Blue Jays, tweeted out a picture. He gave us the evidence, too. What a dumbass. He tweets out the flight attendant at United. I'm going to get them. The flight attendant at United just made my 22-week pregnant wife. By the way, I, I haven't. I haven't had a kid. Is 22 weeks, is that, are you like immobile? Are you in a wheelchair? Can you not move at 22 weeks pregnant? 22 weeks is like se- almost six months. Okay. A little over five. The flight attendant at United just made my 22-week pregnant wife, traveling with a five-year-old and a two-year-old, get on her hands and knees to pick up the popcorn mess made by my youngest daughter. Are you kidding me? Like, he's the one who's outraged. And sends out a picture of the children with popcorn all over the floor in an airplane. What are we doing? I think it would have, it probably would have had more impact if he sent a picture of the wife actually cleaning up the popcorn. Yes. yes. And had, then had her like getting oxygen. Yeah, because right now all you see is. She like, was gassed from being on the floor. All it's you just see kids is. Kids like, making a mess. Yeah, all you see is, yeah, the kids made a huge mess. Somebody should probably pick that up. By the way, she should have been told to do it, she should have done it. Well, that's and, the first thing. And even if she didn't, and I'm not saying she has to get every kernel, like at least make a little effort to make it look a little bit okay. more tidy. So what's the narrative here? Entitled wealthy people? Or this is the way that people with kids think way too often. That the rest of the world has to adjust to you. Like, which one is it? Entitlement or you just, people lose their mind when they have kids. It's like, hey, it's our world. Operate around it. It could be a little bit of both, for sure. Uh, but I think it's more the entitlement, especially when you know who his wife is. Uh, I think it's a little, a little bit more of that side of it. Um, who is it? Uh, it would be, so you're familiar with the wonderful reality show of uh, Eric Decker and his wife, Jesse James Decker. Okay. Her, Jesse James Decker's sister is Anthony Bast's wife. Really? Yeah. Well, United was nice. They're, they're like, hey, get us a DM. I would have banned them from all flights in the future. <laughs> F them. That would have been great. And some guy responded. He goes, genuinely curious. Who should clean up the mess your two-year-old made? As a parent of three kids, I am the one responsible for them. And then Anthony Bash responds, "Not, not still no awareness of, like, you are coming off like an entitled jackass. He says, the cleaning crew they hire. So that does this family just go out and just... Just leave a trail of litter everywhere? Apparently, hey, yes. clean it up. Let's go. Jeeves, like, where are you? Come on. Like, Tell a little broom behind me. Like I said, I think there is I think there is, you know, some level of hey look, kids are gonna make a little bit of a mess, for sure. This was different. And by the way, I think the five year old probably could have done this. Mm-hmm. Tell the five year old, like, hey, your sister made a mess here. Your mom's pregnant. Help clean that up a little bit. Uh, that would have been nice to do. There are, by the way, clearly in first class. Like, not that that matters necessarily, but they are. Uh, and I, I, I really are they playing today? I would also say, probably. I'd also say that um, the airline apparently did provide the popcorn because it is a first class customer. How about we just don't put popcorn on airplanes? There was a discussion over that. That yeah. there's no way the air the uh, the airline provided popcorn. Well, if you're in first class, I guess it's different. So yeah, how about? 
Well, so now no they more. have they have to serve because you because there are animals out there who are going first class. They have to be careful what they serve that it could be too messy. Even if you're not animals, even if you're not animals, popcorn tends to get everywhere no matter who has it. I just don't need popcorn on the plane. I'm so outraged. I don't need to see other people's popcorn when you get on the plane, and I certainly don't need to see a whole pile like this. But yeah, I think let's have let's show a little bit more restraint as an airline of what you can and can't serve. I hope you followed up with a tweet when people kept saying, hey, it's your responsibility. Who's supposed to clean this up? I I, I almost hope he goes overboard and goes, someone in coach, come up, clean it up. <laughs> yeah, we'll be up there in a second. Clean up your mess. Everybody shows Number two. It's ridiculous. On the way off the plane, everybody picks up one kernel and we're, we're good. How much? Yeah. How much smoke in the smoke screen is there right now with the Texans? Now there's rumors that this Tyree Wilson could move all the way up to number two. Sure. You never instead, know. Instead of a quarterback, really. You never know. Because who, if some team is out there like, oh, you know what? That's awesome. They're going to take somebody else. That means they're going to take Will Anderson. Perfect. That means quarterbacks and Tyree Wilson are falling. Oh, we want to take him too. You never know. You never know. <laughs> take anyone. Like it's, it's, it's silly season. It's possible, sure. Sure. Is there any possibility the Raiders want Tyree Wilson? That he's basically snatched from their clutches because now this team is all fired up to get him a two? Well, the, the the issue is like sure, I think I think the Raiders would be interested and potentially could take him, but if that happens, that means that you've got uh, somebody else that's even better falling. Like that's what I would be interested in. Like okay, fine. <laughs> Tyree Wilson goes. That means maybe either Will Anderson or you know maybe Anthony Richardson if you want him. Like somebody's going to fall if you decide to go reach and take somebody different. So that's that's kind of where you're at. You're like okay, well yeah we like him, but. Leave these other guys more. Two weeks out, less than two weeks out. What do you think they're honing in on, Raiders? I've been, I've been. You're sticking, you're sticking with your guy. One. Yeah. Uh, again, he could be gone. Devin so you've got to do all of your, all of your due diligence on everyone. But yeah, that's who I'm sticking with. Number one. So you covered the Jets side of things today. I did. Winnipeg Jets taking on your, not yours, Vegas's, Golden Knights. The goalie story is significant. It is. I don't think anyone expected this. That no? it would develop where Brossois would go in as a number one goalie, but there's some ties here to, to the peg. Yeah. I mean, he was there for three years, backing up Connor Hellebuck, the uh, the goalie of Winnipeg. He was the, the backup for him, and, and they still remain close friends to this day. Uh, so interesting going into the series, but just in general, the fact that Laurent Bossois saved or survived the season, uh, starting off as you know somebody who wasn't even on the roster, somebody who was down in the minors, kind of working on his game a little bit, and uh, came up as the third goaltender of five that they've used this year, uh, and that you know the, the theoretical starter and backup are both not back yet. The uh, you know multiple Stanley Cup winner uh, is not playing on the same level as him right now. Uh, they've got all these other options, but Bossois has. Not he's not the winner of this by default. Like he's legitimately been the best player down the stretch. I think he's the highest floor. I think uh, all those things factor into this, and uh, a lot of what he learned in Winnipeg over the years is now uh, being put into play uh, as potentially the starter, or not not potentially as the starter for the Golden Knights going into Game One. And maybe they get other guys back. Maybe at some point, if he struggles a little bit, they want to try Quick, who has all this experience in the playoffs but hasn't played well. Uh, maybe they want to. Uh, see if Logan Thompson is healthy enough to play at some point in the season, but for or in series. But for right now, 
Brassois is the guy, and he's going up against his former team and one of his close friends. You mentioned Hellebuck not playing up to his normal level. We've seen it happen where guys flip the switch. Is that the great fear? No, I was talking about Quick. Not oh, I'm sorry, Quick. Level. Okay, Hellebuck's been awesome. This he's year. been awesome. Yeah, Hellebuck's been great. All right, so that's the fear in this series, then. Yeah, absolutely. Is that he can stand on his head, and this is what happens yeah. oftentimes in the NHL playoffs. There's no question. And and, and uh, yeah, I talked to Nate Schmidt a little bit today, and he was talking about uh, Hellebuck back in that uh, that last series and how well he played, and uh, that he's more than capable of doing it now. And he said, he said, look, that's you know, that's that's our guy. That's what our hope is of winning this series. Of you know, our goaltender out playing theirs and getting hot, and um, you know, even talking to some other guys around the team and, and, and their coach bonus. He said, look, how many times going back through history has the Stanley Cup champion, uh, or excuse me, the uh, the Conn Smythe winner, the Stanley Cup MVP, been a goaltender? Very, very often. And we believe we have one that can carry us that far. Ticket giveaway time. 364-1100-364-1100. Caller 7. Two tickets to go see Iggy Pop April 29th. At the Palms, inside the Pearl. Got special guests from Red Hot Chili Peppers and from Guns N' Roses. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. Two tickets right now with Iggy Pop and Friends, April 29th. You can get them right now from Ari, 364-1100-364-1100. I love that in the last 20 years or so, we've got the technology to go back and grab draft predictions because there are so many bad ones over the years. So many bad ones. And in the case of Mel Kuyper, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. So there's no need to kill him. Wasn't that that whole retirement thing he'll with Ron Paulus? Yeah. He'll, he'll quit. He won't do it anymore. So that was 2014. That was leading up to the draft. And Merrill Hodge could not have been any stronger. And I remember you and I on draft day, we were at Westgate. And when he went, when Manziel went 22nd, we were like, God almighty, that was a terrible pick. <laughs> Absolutely dreadful. And, and before that, we were flipping out because there were rumors that he might go number one. And most of the league smartened up, and he didn't go number one. But that was Merrill Hodge saying the lead into that was Hodge was like, he's a fifth or sixth round pick. And Stephen A. Smith's around him, well, what happens if he goes number one in the draft? And he was like, if someone does that, then they should be fired within two years. They just have no idea of the evaluation process. And then whether Skip was playing a character, it was a bit, you know, embraced a bait. You're the one who said it, bro. <laughs> You've never been more wrong. Merrill Hodge, no, I, it's about as right as you can get, yeah. saying a guy is barely worth being drafted, and then you come back with he should be the number one pick, and Houston will regret it for a long time. They didn't regret it. Not that Jadavion Clowney turned out to be a great player, but he's been productive. He's not Johnny Manziel. Yeah. That guy flamed out about as fast as any first-round pick you'll find. Well, he, was, he was productive in the FCF. What is FCF? Fan-controlled football. Was he actually? I think so. Yeah. He played all right. I don't know if it was – you know, if that did anything for, for the Browns from taking him. but Man, I, I love looking back at drafts to see what they came up with. You're talking about now nine years ago, the 2014 draft. Clowney was one. Greg Robinson was two. Bortles. Oh, boy. Sammy Watkins has been, I mean, the definition of what, a 3-4 receiver, sure. basically. Sure. Well, right. and, and he had – he, he was very productive at times, but the injuries just took their toll, and he never got back to that level. I mean, of the names I can see here in the top, you know, 10 or 12, Khalil Mack's the best pick. Mike Evans is number seven. He's had a hell of a career. Anthony Barr's been pretty good. Right, Beckham. Odell Beckham was the uh, the 12th. And as I as I go down a little bit, uh, I'll, I feel safe in this one, not looking over the whole draft. The best player in the draft was probably the number 13 pick, Aaron Donald. 
He's decent. Yeah. <laughs> He's okay. <laughs> How about the Rams taking Greg Robinson first with their second pick and then 13th pick is Aaron Donald? Let's let's hold off on that. It's, it's, I mean, it's it's obviously such an inexact science, yeah. and it's so tricky. But the, the one thing that stands out, I was just thinking about this, was even, you know, when you – when we talk about taking running backs in the first round, even when they work out, even when they're really good, it doesn't go well for you. Like, who are the last two first-round picks that really worked out? I would say Saquon, fired, and Josh Jacobs, fired. So, like, the whole thing of, like, how often does a running I mean, back work out? The Jacob one's a little. GM got fired. It, it's, it's actually one of the, it was one of their successes, right? But so was Saquon. Saquon is a good pick. Yeah, got fired. I uh, mean, everything else that happens around. I'm saying, it, I'm saying it, all, it is, all the other positions right. you you ignore. What I'm you, saying is, even yeah. when the pick is is good, yeah, even yeah, when yeah. it pans yeah, you're out, right. Yeah, you're right. It's a bad pick. You just don't do it. It's it's pretty wild how how that works. But yeah, the the fact that you can go back and look at all these drafts and you know you give people credit all the time for hey you hit this pick or you you know you miss this pick and it's all this criticism, but it's, it's not, it's not easy. And it's, it's not like everyone, you know, there's nobody that just can go down and say, Hey, all my first round picks have been good. Like it never happens. You see all the weird fan action from the weekend in the NBA playoffs. Fans once again, too close to the games all the time. Well, one, there was a, a Russell Westbrook encounter, which we'll have to get to in the five o'clock hour where he's, he walks through a, I guess this is the norm. Players can walk through the fan lounge, and I guess he, he must have seen someone on the sideline. And let's – you know, we haven't really got an explanation on this one. So I'm going to save it for 5 o'clock because I, I actually want to get a little more about what this dust up started with. But E40 got thrown out in Sacktown, and they're back there tonight, GSW against Sacktown. He's a Warriors fan. Do you have any clue what happened? Uh, no, it's been, it's been brewing for a while, though. I know there's been some, some back and forth there. So as the story was told, it sounded like he was standing up a bunch. Which what's your what's your take on that? I mean, I feel like it's a group decision. I mean, if you buy seats and you have the bad luck of being behind someone who wants to stand the entire game, it's, it's, it's the way it goes, isn't it? It's kind of it's kind of like the airplane seat going back, though. No, I feel like it's a group decision. What do you mean the group? Like everyone in the section has to decide. Oh no, no, we're standing or we're not. No. I think it is. Well, I don't agree with you on the the seat back thing anyway, on airplanes. <laughs> you do whatever you have to do. No, you and don't whoever's do. behind. You First of all, you it. don't do it. So, are you with you don't stand the entire game? I don't. Not if everybody is, then you do it. You're like, all right, we're going to do this now. We're all standing up. This is the time we're all going to get behind. Now, the issue is now when you're a road fan, you're standing up at a different time than everybody else is standing up because your big moments are maybe different. From their big moments, I, I get that part of it, uh, but I just I think I feel like, you know, I just I, I was doing this. I was uh, for part of the final four games. I was sitting in the crowd, and it was it was almost like, right, everybody kind of looks around like this is a big big possession here. Okay, we're all going to stand up for this one. Like it, it almost was the group communicating with each other. You could see it happening. E forty says because he did get pulled out of the game. Earl Stevens. Quote, subjected to uh, that he was subjected to disrespectful heckling. Um, he addressed one heckler in an assertive but polite manner in the fourth quarter. I'm sure. I'm sure. 
And then he went down this direction. He said, unfortunately, it's yet another reminder that despite my success and accolades as a musician and entrepreneur, racial bias remains prevalent. Security saw a disagreement between a black man and a white woman and immediately assumed that I was at fault. So he, he was pretty well, calm leaving the game. I saw him barking at one person, and I saw like a finger point. I saw E40 pointing at someone in the tunnel and then did one of these like point to the ground like in front of me. Go ahead and say that in front of me. <laughs> It's not. I'll bury you. I hope not. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, think so. Sacktown, uh, the Kings are investigating. Sure they are. I'm sure. I'm sure what do you think will happen? Really, really get to the bottom of that? I'm sure. Uh, who knows? I, I mean, if if other people around witness something different, uh, then maybe somebody says something. I don't know because if it's you know fan from another team, I don't know if they'd want to you know turn on their own. Uh, but we don't know what happened. We have no idea. Is this I, a series? I do think – I think yeah. – and I usually do see race and everything. We have no idea what happened in this situation. I do think if you come across an agreement with a man and a woman, you're probably most likely going to blame the man for the most part, even though it – who knows. Which at a game is probably <laughs> a bad move. Sure. Sure. It's probably unfair. There can be women who are just as fired up. Sure. But I think that's what – no, I just think even in society, safety, the safety aspect. No, yeah, no matter what, even no, anywhere in society, if it's if there's a man and woman yelling or getting in a dispute, most people are going to be like, "Hey, guy, calm down." Has the introduction of the Karen has that changed things? It's not an introduction. Karens have always been around. Yes, I think the, but the 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 villainization of the Karen, the, fo- the spotlight on the, the Karen? official recognition of Karens. Sure. We recognize there are Karens out there. Let's stand back here in a second and judge if this is a Karen yeah, but I th- or an I think, overly aggressive male. Sure, but I still think we tend to say the man is at fault in a man versus woman altercation. Is this the series for you? I know you're a hardcore lifetime yeah. Golden State fan, but the fact Dub- that Sacramento has done nothing for years, 17 years without making the playoffs, and they come right out and put GSW in the corner. Yeah, I think I think it's the I think it's the most intriguing series and the most intriguing storyline. I mean, there's a lot of them around for sure. But when you talk about the the fact that the Warriors have been the elite power of the league, the Kings have been the laughing stock of the league, and yet they're in the same area and the Kings not only have an inferiority complex on the basketball court, but also in life <laughs> uh, of hey, we're, you know, we're Sacramento where people are like, yeah, it's kind of the outskirts of the Bay Area. Like, no, we're our own place. But then sometimes, like, we're Bay Area. Like, they don't really understand where they fit in in the landscape of Northern California. It also could be up to, like, four hours away, even though it's, like, 60 miles by car. Uh, it's it's isolated in that way. I think the regional battle yep. makes it far more intriguing than anything else. Like, it makes I, I love everything about one it. one of the more unique in all of the NBA. Yeah. They're more like college fans, and they absolutely have a chip on their shoulder on, you know, who they are and what they've done. Yeah, and I have, and I, for famil- familial reasons, I'm annoyed at my cousins because they are, a couple of them are Warriors fans that moved up to the to Sacramento three years ago and stayed Warriors fans, and then this year became Kings fans. No, that's not acceptable. <laughs> I don't like that. And yeah, but I think there's a lot. Like everybody in Sacramento seems to be from the Bay Area, so I think there's a lot of people that are there now that are like embracing the Kings as like the team that's on the rise. When we Warriors fans have been suffering through the bad times and are only just now enjoying the good times. I'm not even going to listen to that. I'm not even going to recognize that. Uh, Fox and Monk had 70. Each? And, and uh, combined. And Curry and Clay had 11 threes, but it took them 28 tries. And Curry kind of got a little he, – he was off balance, but he got a shot off at the end. I, was, I thought it was going to go down. It didn't. 
It's all right. We live to fight another day. This hour is brought to you by our friends at uh, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Give them a call, 766-1400. Offices in Reno and Henderson and Las Vegas. And also want to give you guys a reminder, I'm going to be out at Finley Chevrolet on Saturday. They're having a massive pre-owned tent sale, so get on out to Finley Chevrolet. It's between uh, Rainbow and Jones just off of the 215. I'll be out there on Saturday from 11 a.m. until 1 o'clock. We'll have a bunch of prizes out there and grab yourself a, a pre-owned vehicle from one of the best dealerships in all of Las Vegas, Finley Chevrolet. Do you think he knew what he was saying? No. I didn't understand the middle part. <laughs> I, don't, I think sometimes he has some grand thoughts and just doesn't execute it very well. Anthony Volpe, first career home run for the Yankees. Uh, daytime baseball today. Angels take out the Red Sox. little delay on that one. Today was Marathon Day, Boston Marathon. Yeah. So they play that uh, 11 a.m. game. Hunter Renfro. Granny. Nice job there. And he showed up at Raiders camp today. Different one. Oh. But he was wearing, a, wearing a Milwaukee Bucks shirt. Really? It threw, me, threw me off. I didn't get it. I'll ask him about it this week. Prediction? Is he getting traded to Green Bay? Oof, I didn't even think about that. I don't know. But he just like they just likes likes Giannis or something. Do you think there's any chance he moves on draft day? Hunter Renfro? I wouldn't be stunned. I wouldn't be stunned if anybody that was on the team, I guess except for Max Crosby, anybody that was on the team prior to this administration taking over, I wouldn't be surprised if any of them got moved. NHL, one nothing Carolina on top of the Islanders, about seven minutes left in the first, and uh Puck just dropping now with Florida and Boston. Boston with a Magical regular season. You know what that means in the postseason? Nothing. Zero. Yep. But I think it does help that Tampa kind of went through this similar thing recently where Boston can easily point to it. I've heard every almost every story I've seen about Boston in the postseason has mentioned Tampa. I think they've heard about it over and over again. Uh, you know, Tampa had that historic season a couple of years ago and got eliminated with a sweep in the first round by Columbus. Uh, and that's just been talked about so much that I think it kind of helps them stay focused on what they have to do. Like, the, like, it's no guarantee of dominating the regular season that you're also going to dominate in the postseason. Right. Hey, Ari, did you get the baseball cut earlier about the uh, baseball fan discussing time? That look on your face says no, so we'll do it later. Um, did you see the developments in Oakland this weekend? One, more attention put on the A's possum. I mean, the Mets TV people couldn't use the TV booth. They had to get moved somewhere else because apparently there is a possum who comes out during the games, and it happened early in the season to the Angels broadcast team, and now the, the Mets broadcast team shows up, and they're like, you can't use it. It's a cool mascot. Ron Darling said he was he tried to go in. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you see the picture of the possum? Is I think it's a real picture. I yeah. think, unless like the possum appears to be coming through the ceiling and looking around. I don't think the it seems fake. Do you even know what a possum is? Yes, but I also feel like it's it's not the same thing that was living in the ice machine. What was living in the ice machine? Uh, it, I mean, it was definitely rodents. Oh god! In the ice machine in the media room. The last season there. What What do you think goes through Rob Manfred's head? <laughs> like, is he like that'll show him Oakland? Like, you're a major league sport. People can't do broadcasts here because they've got possum running all over the stadium? What are you doing? Could we argue that they're cute and cuddly and they're a nice mascot? They're not. Have you ever – come on. 
You never encountered a possum? No, I'm not, I don't. The, I try the, not to go anywhere well, I guess near where a possum would young. be. You were kind of young. We used to hit them all the time. Hit them with what? Cars. You don't on do it purpose? on purpose. No, you don't do it on purpose. We just sit there. But they just they lock up and you hell smash hell. They're, they're not pleasant looking animals. I, I wasn't saying I was. Can you approximate them on purpose? Can you approximate a number of times you hit a possum? Probably three, four times. That's not all the time. That's enough. How many times do you want to hit animals in your car? Zero. Exactly. We hit a deer when I was little. Ooh, that's bad. Yeah. How bad was it? Total. Totaled? Yeah. Both the car and the deer. Oh, no. John Von Tobel's coming up. We'll get the gambling skinny on the NBA. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with John Von Tobel. In JVT. John, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good. You know, I figured I was going to open up with this when you asked me that question, as you always do, because you like every once in a while my cooking escapades. I am in the middle of making an authentic carbonara tonight. It's all right. I saw a video on how to do it, so oh, I am wow. trying it out right now. Uh, what kind of noodles are you using? Uh, it's like spaghetti. Like I'm using like a, a degree of a fettuccine noodle okay. for it. I couldn't really find some. I didn't want to use angel hair because it was too fine, and the place where I was at didn't have anything else, so I went with the fettuccine. Right. I think you're supposed to use bucatini. Yeah. I, so that was I, yeah, that was the one that you're supposed to. The little Italian deli I went to didn't have it, but <laughs> they did have the guanciale. So I am I'm very excited. I'm very All excited right. to try it out because it's a really simple recipe. Actually, I thought it was a lot more complicated. Than that. We we need your expertise on kids and uh, how disgusting they can be. I don't know if did you see the attempt oh, at shaming airline employees by Blue Jays pitcher Anthony Bass, who's Apparently, his two- and five-year-old decided to – well, they gave him popcorn, and the kids made a mess. No shocker there. And then he tried to out United because they told uh, his wife to clean up the mess, and he was like, she's 22 months pregnant. How dare they do this? 22 months or 22 weeks? Because if you're 22 months pregnant, you've got a problem. That's a good point. 22 weeks. My bad. Uh, <laughs> no, exploding. Yes. Look. Uh, that's that's on him, dude. Like, what are we doing? That's that's an absolute nightmare. Uh, we won't even comment about you know the kids just having the custom headsets and like the iPads, each of them. Um, that well, they, I'll give you an example. The other day, I took the kid to see a movie. Right, he spilled popcorn. We cleaned it up. It's not it's not their job. Like, is it their job to tidy the theater? Sure, but if you're just going to hand your kids popcorn, and especially in a tight public space like an airplane, how much of a d bag are you if you're not only going to not clean it up? But then you're going to try to publicly shame the airline to do it. It's absolutely ridiculous. And kudos to everybody who, when United responded with, please DM us, everybody responded to United saying, you should give the, the freaking, uh, the, uh, what's it called, a uh, flight attendant a raise because of having to deal with this. It's a nightmare. No, Bass is a uh, kind of a D-bag. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. We were just getting uh, the hype going for Sacramento and Golden State. I want to break down that series. Uh, and the game tonight specifically, in a minute here, was there something weird with Michael Wilbon this weekend, uh, basically admitting uh, in this case he hadn't watched a whole lot of the Kings? Yeah, so I, I did not see this. I just retweeted a, a beat writer for the Sacramento Kings who had said that apparently on the pregame uh, show that he admitted that he didn't start watching Sacramento until after the All-Star break, okay. which is absolutely ridiculous. And for those who are thinking, like, uh, who cares, it's not that big of a deal – well, it's a big deal for multiple reasons. And, Steve, you and I have discussed this before. Michael Wilbon has a ballot to not only decide MVP and other awards, he has a ballot to decide all NBA. 
And why that matters is all NBA is tied to whether or not you as a player get a max contract. These media members owe it to these players to do their due diligence, watch them, and take their duties as voters seriously. And the fact that he actually admitted openly that he didn't start watching them until after the All-Star break. I, like, I'm, well, first off, I'm amazed that you would do that because why would I ever believe anything you say about this team because you barely started watching them? We don't even know how much you started watching them. And it, and it does matter for these guys who are making money. So, like, you and I have talked about this. It's been a topic that has bugged me before. You know, you should take the honor of having one of those ballots and one of those votes seriously because it does impact these players' bottom lines. And I'm just I'm astonished that he did actually come out and admit it. But you can kind of tell with the analysis. Uh, I mean, that, that is the truth. And I guess he just put some truth behind it or some words behind it. Yeah, isn't, isn't that the thing that we kind of expect a lot of these guys aren't really watching the games? It's just you don't come out and say it. Like, that's where I think that's what the issue is with him. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like it's like you said, it's it's almost like with like with the Mavericks, right? How they got fined all that money by the NBA for tanking. Like they're not the only team that does it. We already know that. But it's the fact that they blatantly came out and said, like, oh yeah, we like we're we're trying to lose this game. That's why they got fined. It's the same thing here to your point, Adam. Like we pretty much knew. Like if you just listen to any bit of analysis that you call for analysis anyway on that show, you know they haven't really watched the Sacramento Kings that much. But to openly come out and say it, I think is a slap in the face to a lot of people. And you know, selfishly. For somebody like me who writes about the NBA, covers it every single day too, and others who do it like me but don't actually have like you know the honor of doing what Wilbon does in terms of voting for that kind of stuff, it's a slap in the face to a lot of people who actually cover the league in a really good way but don't not get you know the status that he does in terms of actually deciding some of these things. John von Tobel, John von Tobel covers the league in a really good way. I was trying to throw that back to you and compliment you, but I forgot your name. Uh, clearly. Um, we saw a lot of the favorites lose here in the first round of the first game of the first round of the playoffs. Uh, which one are we most worried about not being able to recover? Hmm. I think, I, I guess the obvious is Memphis, right? Cause the John Morant injury seems pretty serious. At least if you like listen to some of the quotes coming out of that locker room yesterday, uh, when he's talking about the pain being a 10 out of 10 and he, he oddly invoked the rough regular season that he has had, right? Like things just keep on coming. Like, you know, I just couldn't help flash the gun in the Denver nightclub. These things just keep happening to me, and I don't understand why. Um, so they seem pretty down about Morant's injury, so that seems like a really solid questionable. And that was already a series, Adam. Like, I had bet the Lakers to win that series before. That was already a series that was going to be pretty tight for them, right? They were only about a $1.30, $1.40 favorite, depending on where you shop. They already have a pretty thin front court due to injuries, and they're opposing another front court that could take advantage of said injuries. Uh, and it's another team that they're facing that has a lot of postseason experience between them and a final championship amongst their best players. So I think that's probably the one you're most worried about. Because, one, they were the shortest favorite to lose that game, and they have a key injury with an already thin roster that if he cannot go, John Morant, or if he's not 100% with that hand, that greatly affects their chances of winning that series. Do you want to apologize to Russell Westbrook? Because I saw you send out a tweet or a couple tweets during the game. Uh, you were just not happy with how he was playing. Well, offensively, I don't think I have to apologize, right? He was terrible. <laughs> like, that was – the third quarter, for those who really watched like an earnest, the third quarter was a, was a classic, terrible Westbrook quarter. He was taking really bad shots, really low percentage shots early in the shot clock instead of moving the ball around. Kawhi Leonard's just kind of standing there and doing nothing. And there's a reason why in that third quarter they blew that lead and eventually trailed by I think it was seven or eight was because in large part of Russell Westbrook's shot selection and the fact that those shots weren't going down. But to your overall point, Adam, like, and I don't really, because I think a lot of people keep talking about the fourth quarter. From the first quarter to the end of the fourth quarter, he was brilliant on defense. Like, the help defense he was providing, sneaking up behind Durant multiple times. He had a block from behind on Durant. 
He poked the ball out from behind on Durant, too, in terms of helping and adding some of those some deflections and whatnot. What he did in the fourth quarter, grabbing offensive rebounds, or at least uh, you know leading to offensive rebounds, what he did, and then knocking down both of those free throws and blocking Devin Booker to essentially steal the game and hitting it off of him. He, he was brilliant, but I don't think that changes a terrible offensive third quarter that he had. Why didn't Minnesota just tank the play-in tournament? I, I mean, I don't know. It's like all of them, though, right? Because, like, if you look at it from Oklahoma City standpoint, they were probably like, yeah, good, we're out of here. But, uh, you know, in that series, Adam, I'm really surprised. So, I think that's a really good example of, you know, being down as a collective on a certain team, right? But in the NBA, like, the postseason is so much about matchups and X's and O's. And it's, I think your power ratings go out the window a little bit. And so what I mean by it is, Denver, I can understand why a lot of people really wouldn't be high on them in the grand scheme of things. The last 17 games of the regular season, they were 7-10. and 10, They had a negative net rating. They were below average in both offense and defense. Jokic is kind of banged up. And so you're like, you know, I don't think this team's a legit threat in the West. And so they open up as only like $5 favorites over Minnesota. And when I wrote up the preview, one of the things that like the bet recommendations we do for everyone, mine was actually late two and a half games with Denver because if you actually looked at the matchup, like Minnesota doesn't really do the things well that will bother Denver. Denver sucks in transition defensively. Minnesota doesn't run. They have two centers that they play. They're not going to take advantage of that. Minnesota's a great rim defense, right? They're going to they're going to stop a lot of teams from getting within four feet of the basket. They swallowed up the Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, Denver's not going to do that. They, they have a bunch of guys who can hit a bunch of jump shots and spread out the floor. Their center primarily operates at the elbow or above the key. Like he's not going to post guys up with a high frequency. So that kind of gets negated too. So I, I thought this series was interesting. You kind of saw it play out yesterday. They were hitting shots. They were spreading them out. They didn't look good. They didn't look comfortable. Like, I don't think they have a real shot of winning this series, Minnesota. And I think the market is right in being down on Denver. I just don't think that the Timberwolves are the team to kind of go to bat with, with if you're kind of going down that path from a betting standpoint. JVT, John Von Tobel is on ESPN Las Vegas. Of course, John does his full-time work with VSIN. Uh, hardwood handicappers uh, pretty much every day now? Yes, every day now that the postseason has started, Monday through Friday, and then, of course, I'm on the weekend, too, so you get, like, a full little Harvard handicappers on the weekends as well. Golden State minus two tonight. Is that the play? I don't – like, so, like, I understand the, the concept of it, right? We always play these the zigzag, uh, you know, when it comes to the NBA postseason. But, like, the problem with – like, where I kind of pause on it, Steve, is they close – a vast majority of shops close Sacramento as a one-point favorite in game one, right? So they win that game outright, obviously, in cover as a one-point favorite. They win by three. And so you come back here to today, and like you said, well, Golden State's now two. Why would you swing this three points because Golden State lost? So, like, you as a better, you're, you're willingly saying, like, the market thought that this team was a point worse on this home court or on this road court against Sacramento, but today they're two points better because they lost in game one. Like, I understand the scenario, but you're willingly buying at the bottom of the market or at the top of the market with Golden State. So I would say very much, like, with a total of 240, this is going to be, a, to be a pretty volatile game. There's going to be swings and runs back and forth. If you want to bet Golden State, I would just wait for an opportunity in game. Because as much as I understand wanting to bet the zigzag here, and there's a lot of things that should work in Golden State's favor, right? They should not shoot as poorly as they did. They're probably not taking 53 point attempts again. So they're probably due for some regression to the mean and will perform better. And still, they had an def- offensive rating of like 118, 119, despite not shooting very well. But I think you're just you're kind of buying at the top of the market if you're betting at this point right now. It very much wait for an in-game opportunity rather than late two on the road. With them. Milwaukee loses game one against the Heat. Uh, Greek Freak hurts his back. But yep. on the other side, Tyler Hero breaks his right hand. So at this point, is there is there value on Milwaukee down one nothing minus three oh five for the series? 
Oh, wow, you must have listened to Howard Handicappers. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually think so. Like, right, if you're talking about Milwaukee, because if Giannis, because the good thing for them, too, is they have two games in between game one and game two, right? So they're not going to play again until Wednesday. So Giannis gets two days to rest that back and get right and rehab it a little bit uh, and get treatment on it. And as we know already, like, the, the news coming out of there is already kind of positive, right? Like, hey, you know, we're optimistic that he's going to be available for game two. Uh, X-rays were negative. And I, I think part of the thing that actually gives me some, like, hope for Giannis is the fact that they did pull him right away because they were like, look, you're not comfortable. It's clearly hurting you. It's a best-of-seven series. Let's just take this game one see how it goes. If we win it, great. If we don't, we have some more wiggle room to actually win this series still against a lesser opponent. So if he's going to play and he's going to be like just as healthy as he can be given the injury that he has at this point of the season where we're at, I agree with you. You're talking about a minus-1,000 favorite before the series began. And now going forward, the team that they're facing doesn't have their arguably best offensive player outside of Jimmy Butler. Like, that's a pretty big blow for the Miami Heat, who was already an overvalued team to begin with. So I would agree with you. Whether you want to go minus 235 uh, to win the series, I know if, uh, I think a lot of people balk at, like, a big price, but I think there is value in a number like that. Or if you want to go series spreads, because those are offered, whether it's minus one-and-a-half games with Milwaukee or minus two-and-a-half games with Milwaukee at a plus price, I, I think that's the way to attack this series going forward, especially if Giannis is going to be available. How much of the carbonara are you making? Uh, how much of it? What yeah. do you mean? I don't know. I'd, I'd, like a little Tupperware full of it. Just a little taste of it on Friday would be nice. Oh, yeah. No, I'll totally bring some. I mean, I don't know how long it'll keep for four days, but I'll totally bring some. Four days? Nothing. That's, um, an, that's, that's a good point. That's in a Cofield fridge for 10 days. Let's go. You will be uh, You will be proud. Isabel the other day admitted to me that she's becoming more and more of a leftover person because that was one <sighs> thing we heartily disagreed on when we first got together. She was very anti-leftover, yeah. but I made some rigatoni last week. And uh, she ate that for like three straight days. So nice. Good for her. Yep. I feel like pasta's better left over. Could be. Uh, I would agree. Like, I think Italian food is a high – like, if you were to, like, slice up all the food, Italian food is a high rate of, like, good while cold, right? Like pizza, pasta. Uh, I think that – I think you're on the right track there. That's a topic for Friday. I will remember. Best cold foods. Yeah. All right, John. Thank you. All right, guys. Good to talk to you. There he is. One of the big voices at VSIN, John Von Tobel. By the way, you can hear a lot of VSIN on 1230. The game, that's our fourth sports station, and that lineup is on there all the time. Five o'clock hour, right around the corner. We'll continue to get you ready for the Golden Knights. Try not to get pegged. The Jets are coming to town. They're here. Adam was out covering Nate Schmidt today.